Okay, welcome everyone. Welcome, welcome to this week's episode of Kuden Podcast, Kuden Radio. I don't know, we go by a couple of different names. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> Dashiell Miller here from Warrior Concepts, and of course I've got James in the wings. We'll uh, fire him up here in a little bit, um, see if he can be his uh, normal, uh, cheerful, bubbly, dance around like an elf self. That's not him, not even close, right? I just try to do things to make him laugh anyway all right so uh episode 159 right so we're just climbing here are we anyway uh so uh what are we talking about this week oh yeah <laughs> uh have, have you ever had conversations uh with folks who um well let me tell you a story right before we kick everything off here uh this time of year right so right now it's uh may 8th of 2023 so um historically traditionally uh, Historically, I like that word traditionally, not so much because people play with it too much. But um, uh, in our dojo's history, right, it's this time of year, spring and summer, right, in my local area, uh, there are all kinds of like local fairs, right? And um, we used to get phone calls all the time or we'd reach out to groups who were doing things to see if we could come and do a demonstration or, you know, whatever, right? I'm sure lots of martial arts schools do these things to kind of increase awareness about the school, what they do. Points of differentiation, maybe, um, you know, people play the style uh, game. But anyway, uh, but it, it's, it almost never fails, right? And I mean, like, you know, 99.1% of the time, either before or after the, the uh, demonstration is over, somebody has to come up and do one of three things, right? One... They may say that was really cool, right? You have any information about classes, right? But more than likely, they do either number two or number three. Number two is they have got to regale us with the time when they kicked somebody's ass, right, with their cool, way cool favorite technique, right? And it was so fast that the other person couldn't do anything about it, right? Um, But sometimes, right, the other group, right, has to come up and tell us, you know, in some fashion, sometimes it's more aggressive. Sometimes it's uh, more, you know, nice and respectful. Um, but sometimes they have to tell us, you know, this is all great. And, you know, everybody's cool stuff. But, uh, you know, this shit wouldn't really work on the street. Right. Of course, you know, they're telling me, right. They're telling somebody that has used this quote unquote shit on the street. Um uh, I was just joking with James today on one of our videos uh, on YouTube. Uh, somebody posted, um, clearly, you have never been in a real street fight. And I usually hold my tongue because the the thing, the first thing that popped in my head was, clearly, you have not read my bio. So we'll leave that for another day. But what they really come around with is this idea that uh, kata, right? So uh, that's the theme for today, right? Kata, right? Um, Kata don't work on the street, right? So they're pointless, right? Um, Today, we're going to take a look at that, uh, that view, the opposite view, and how, as with most things, the truth is somewhere in the middle, right? So we'll talk about that and more when we get started. So the big question is this. How are self-defense and success-minded people like us, concerned citizens worried about protecting ourselves, our loved ones, and the things we care about from the monsters we know exist in the world? How do we train in a way that gives us the skills, 
knowledge and understanding we need without becoming paranoid fighters or killers ourselves, and yet still allows us to be the hero protector the world needs us to be? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Jeffrey Miller, and welcome to Kuden Radio, real training for real people in a real world. Really? Oh, no, anyway. So, James, did your screen freeze up? I'm going to fire up James here. I don't know. His, his picture's been the same. Um, hopefully we don't have a technical glitch on his side, but let's see. Right. Are you there? Are you alive? I am. Are you practicing just like frozen posing? Yes. Yeah, okay, you are practicing. <laughs> in that case, success. <laughs> and a ventriloquist at that, too. I didn't even see your lips move. Uh, God, you got to love technology, yeah? Anyway, so uh, episode 159, you've been with me since what? 60, uh, not 68. I think I did 68 by myself. When did you jump on board? Uh, you did a couple by yourself after the reboot before I jumped in. So I'm not sure. In the 70s, I don't know. We'll figure it out, I'll right? Anyway, he's been around for a while, right? Uh, now he spends a couple of days a week at the dojo. Um, you know, as usual, people act like they're working. Um, although things that end up getting done. So kudos to you. What's that? It works out. It works out. It works out for both of us, right? Anyway, cool beans. All right. So uh, Kata, James, you were in uh, different martial arts before, right? Yes. Um, what was the take on Kata? Not from the everyday world. What was the, what was the take on Kata in uh, what you did before? <clears throat> Generally, it was just single person. Just Ooh, I'll cause an earthquake on my end. <laughs> my backup camera, or my my primary camera, is not working, so uh, I just bumped my laptop. So anyway, sorry, 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 sorry. Solo, solo, solo prearranged moves. Um, some that I or some schools I was in said that you know they had a deeper meaning behind them of like what the techniques were or what they were doing, but uh, generally it was just prearranged moves that to practice, to train. Okay. And I'm sure folks are going to share online. Um, Anybody pop up, um, you know, what their experience has been with it. Um, And I, I, I I would love to hear from people who have both uh, used successfully a kata or a piece of a kata, which is more likely, right. uh, In an actual self-defense fight. I don't mean, a tournament, a competition. Uh, uh, I know in a lot of tournaments, there's a kata section or segment right. or, or part of it, right? And so uh, a lot of people will, uh, will, you know, most people do the kata as themselves, but some people will set up a demonstration with a bunke, bunke, mm-hmm. bunke, uh, bunke, right? Um, the real world application of that, uh, same kata, right? But um, uh, but I'd love to hear that. I'd also um, I'm going to feel sorry for anybody that went and tried one and it failed, right? Because um, that never goes well uh, unless you just suddenly just sw- switch out to doing something, you know, that you just had to pull something out of your ass, right? Um, but either way, what's what? What are folks? Uh, anybody like contribute their little? Uh, little thing. I'm not going to bring the chat up on my side because it's uh, we've 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 experienced that in the past, right? Um, Nothing kata related, just the good evening stuff. 
Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, good evening, everyone. Um, so, yeah, but uh, I have heard this uh, time and time and time again, right? Um, and, uh, of course, there's, you know, three major camps, right? Well, there's two major camps and one very, very, very minor camp, right? Um, which is usually the one I like to go sit in uh, because those are people that don't argue with anybody else on either side. Um, so the one side says... You know, Kata are very important. You learn a lot of lessons from them, that kind of thing. And, you know, under the right conditions, Kata absolutely would work on the fight because it's a fight scenario. It's a it's an example. Now, um, there are and I've, I've, we've covered this in, in past Kudan, right? But there's two 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 forms to this, right? Um, just with Japanese martial arts, uh, there's two approaches to this kata thing. So just very, very briefly, without having to recap everything we've done in past uh, episodes, um, there is the camp, right? Uh, like James was uh, describing, right? Where you've got these strings of movements that get progressively more complicated as your rank goes up. Um, that... Uh, that are done solo, right? Um, you can work them into a self-defense kind of context, right? Um, but they're typically a solo thing, right? And so, James, uh, if you remember uh, any of the schools that you were in, um, how many moves were strung together, let's say, for a white or a uh, what our equivalent of yellow belt? So first or second belt level, um, what, what were the number of moves? Total was probably like 10 to 12, but it was basically the same thing, just repeated in different directions. Hmm. Yeah, my, my recollection with a couple that I've been in, involved in, it was only like a string of three or four moves, but it was duplicated left and right in different directions. Right. Um, so you may have come up with 10 moves, but it was the same two or three repeated right. yeah. three times or four times, whatever, yeah. Um, I, I, I remember um, one of my students, um, Mike Nichols, uh, he's a doctor. He also trains in another martial art, and mm -hmm. uh, they have that similar thing. And I think I've mentioned this before. Um, he was testing for a very upper-level black belt, and he had been studying and practicing this one kata for quite a while. And it, it had, like, the number of moves, right, um, into the – 40s for whatever reason the number 42 or 46 sticks into my head um but that i mean part of the test is do you remember all the moves and get them in the right order right so and i don't i don't you know i don't make judgment calls on anything because um there's a reason for that um in our system and, and other systems that use the same kind of format right you have at least one other person right so it, it's more indicative of what um in solo kata schools, it, this is more of what they would consider to be like the self-defense portion kind of thing, um, because you are working with one other person. Or it could even look like um, uh, two, three, four step sparring, right, where it's not you're not really doing rondori where you're just doing whatever. Right. Um, but you do have a choreographed thing and you're both kind of working it out. So it's like practicing a dance routine kind of thing. Right. Um, uh, did you have anything like that in any of the schools that, that you were in? Um, they probably weren't called kata, but, um, yeah, we had, uh, 
a little when bit. You got, when you got involved in our stuff, um, what did our stuff remind you of with what you did before? Uh, what you're talking about, like with the two-step, three-step kind of stuff, was what they typically just call like the self-defense portion of the class. Yeah. So that that would be the closest I'd say I was to it with what I did before. Okay. Right. So, um, but either way, right. You have this camp where, um, the belief is right. This is teaching me something. Right. right. Uh, I remember, I can't remember the, the, the system, but, uh, I had this friend who was training in this thing and there was this really like odd movement at the end. Right. And the way it was explained, it was a solo kata, but the way it was explained to me was um, it was teaching fortitude and how to die with humility, because in the kata, you die in the end. Mm. Uh, I had never experienced anything like that. Right. Because the implication is if you screw this up at any point, you're going to die. Yeah. Yeah. So um, but I, I get it. Right. There are these lessons that are embedded in things like that. It doesn't matter which style. Right. It doesn't matter if you know you're doing the solo stuff or you're doing um, the stuff with two or more training partners, uh, you know, coordinating things. Again, the, the point is that there's this school of thought where you are learning certain things, right? And then there's this other school that says, "Fuck it, that shit doesn't work on the street, right? That'd get you killed." Right? Um, and they're not wrong, right? Um, but there's something that often gets missed by both camps, right? Because um, on the kata camp side, kata are really easy um, to learn and memorize. I mean, you can duplicate the same thing over and over again, right? Um, but for a beginner who doesn't get the right foundation, and a lot of these people end up becoming instructors, so the stuff carries on, right? You have to remember that... Um, whenever you learn from someone, right, me included, that uh, you're getting their perspective. You're, you're not just getting the lessons they got. You're also getting the way they translated those lessons personally. And, you know, there, there are these other things, right? So um, anyway, is there something off with the lighting in here? Right? My, my screen is showing me awfully red. So if I stroke out or have a heart attack, right, just call 911. Right. James, you know, my address. So <laughs> maybe it's just the lighting. I don't know. Anyway. So um, but what can happen is they can attach to this thing and. And. Believe that. Right. I'm going to do it exactly like this, especially people that have no fight experience whatsoever. Right. And I don't mean just like fight experience, but they've never been jumped. Right. Because um, it's one thing to get into a pushing, shoving match and decide you're going to throw. Uh, what do they call it? Throwing hands or whatever. Right. Or you're going to get involved in, you know, some kind of uh, organized uh, sport contest kind of thing. Um, and things are going to look mm, close. Right. But people can people can get lost in that. Right. They can they can buy into it too much. Right. Um, I've watched people get their asses handed to them because they, you know, struck a pose and then. uh they were literally trying to execute a kata, right? And got their asses handed to them. But then there's people that have either seen that or experienced that or whatever, 
but have also experienced what fights are like in the world, either just because they saw it, they witnessed it, or because they were, you know, ass deep in it. Um, and, you know, they're, they're just not buying it, right? Because they know that you can't choreograph things, right? So, and that kind of reminds me of a, of a student that I have, uh, uh, James, you know him, Richard. Um, Richard's what, 80, give or take? Give or take, yeah. Yeah. So Richard started with me, and he was uh, 42, 45, something like that, when he started with me in 1989, right? So do the math, right? And uh, uh, Richard has done Tai Chi. He's done what we do. He's, you know, he's kind of explored things. But I remember one day early on in his training, he really, verbal, you know, verbalized this whole uh, this whole thing, you know, where he said, you know, I just, I, I've been in things like that. And I, what is the purpose of the, what is the purpose of the, of the kata? I mean, a fight's not going to work out that way. You can't think ahead. Right. And I, I've, I've had other ones. Uh, there's a, a couple of cops that have trained with me over the, over the years, uh, either online or live, um, a couple of other folks and whatnot. And, and the sentiment is the same, right? Um, you know, your plan kind of fails as soon as the first punch is thrown or whatever. Right. So those things never work for me um, because a fight is too chaotic. Right. And they're right. It is. Right. So you can't plan. What you're going to do. You might plan the first move, maybe. Right. But after that. Um, you know, it's just a mix of, it's just cause and effect, uh, <laughs> 10 levels deep, right? Because what you do causes him to do something that causes you whatever, right? So I said, you're absolutely right, right? You can't plan that. Okay. Um, but what, one of the things that Kata are teaching you are potentials, right? Um, where and how you could lead a fight, right? How to string your basics together, right? How a, how a master, how an expert would string things together in a way that can control the things that need to be controlled, right? So what I want, and this is what I told Richard at the time, what I want you to think about doing, or what do you want you to think about when it comes to the process is that you're learning how to make sense of the chaos, Right. Um, so, again, these two camps. Right. So one is just throw it to the wind. That shit don't work. So these are guys that just jump into it and, and work it out. Right. And then the other side. Right. So, and again, we've had this discussion in the past, so I don't want to dive into both of these. I want to talk about the kata side. But then there's this other camp. Right. And uh, again, I've always expressed how lucky I think I am. I mean, I, I chose the teachers that I went to. Um, because they were the top in their field, um, they were the best that I could, I could get with. Right. Um, you know, I started training with Stephen Hayes, um, way back in the day and I don't care what anybody thinks of him. Right. I mean, you know, I have my own beliefs at this point in my, in my own training history, but he was the top guy in the U S at the time, in the Western world at the time. Right. And come hell or high water, I was going to train with the top guy, 
right? When I, when situations and, and, and things uh, shifted and changed and whatnot, and that became, <coughs> excuse my, my teacher, um, Cynthia Malmstrom, I shifted to him, right? When the gateway opened up for me to be able to be under Hatsumisense, right? Um, because that's just, that's just me, right? Um, but the, where the luck is going to is in that I found teachers who were able to translate like the purpose of these things. Right. So what I would like to do, um, just, I haven't done this in the past. And for, uh, those of you who are on audio only, right. On Apple podcast and Stitcher and God knows who, where, where else you might be listening in on, you're not going to be able to see what I'm putting up on the screen, but it doesn't matter. You'll, you'll be able to, to, to uh, lay this out. Right. So, um, James, do we have, we did before, um, we're rebuilding a bunch of stuff. Do we have a, a page where people can like, you know, enter their email or whatever and get the, um, the skill development worksheet, um, sent to them via email that they can download it? Um, I'm not sure if we have that one at the moment I mean, we can have it in a day or so. Yeah, if not, then by the time this thing is out recording-wise or whatever, then we'll have a link to it. If you're on uh, uh, if you're on YouTube, you can just go down to the description section. Again, this is in a couple of days. Once we get everything all ironed out, uh, you'll be able to go down to the description area. We'll try to be mindful to get it on as many of the Facebook pages that this thing simulcasts on in the comment section. If you don't see it, just send an email, right? You can always send something to Warrior C at warrior-concepts-online.com and say, yo, James, what gives, man? He promised it. Would it? Anyway, no. <laughs> so, um, but we already have student development worksheets and things like that, that that students can get. What I'm going to do is just very quickly shoot through this thing. Now, I'm going to cover training before the kata stuff, but it's to set up what it is that that you're doing, Okay. And before I before I change the screen and, and bring things up so I can I can type stuff out and whatnot, um, there have been lots of um, lots of phrases, right? Lots of reminders, right? Um, in the dojo with my teachers regarding kata as reminders um, to not, you know, get fixed on something that's going to get you killed, right? But at the same time, to not dismiss them because there's lots of things to learn from them. Um, and so, but anyway, what I'm going to do is I'm going to lay this this thing out. We have a three-tiered uh, skill progression uh, worksheet. And in each level, there are three primary skill sets. Are there more? Yeah, of course, right? But these are the big ones, right? And then it... Again, it's going to be from top down, but it's actually inverted, right? I mean, you lay a foundation and then you build and you build, right? But um, uh, and while we do give students examples of things, right? Kata, we call them techniques because um, people get, you know, as soon as they think of kata, they think of the solo thing because that was popularized, right? So, um, but I'm going to lay this thing out and take notes. If you're on the if you're on the, uh, the audio only side, and as long as you're not like, you know driving or flying an airplane or I don't, I don't know, whatever, right? Um, you, you can always just write this stuff out, right, on a, a, a notepad or whatever. If you're listening to a recording, it's just that easy to hit pause now and then come back after you got your piece of paper, 
right? So anyway, uh, I'm going to share my screen. I think I can share my screen on this one. Can I, James? Um, yeah. the hell? Right below, beside your camera button, beneath your mouse. Ah, I see it. It has a little screen on it with an arrow. Look at that. All right, so actually I need to share. I thought I could do a whiteboard on this one. Could I not? I'm going to have to bring up a blank screen or a blank uh, document is what I'm really going to have to do and then share that. That's what we'll have to do. All right. Sorry, I'm used to doing this on uh, on Zoom and I can just bring whatever bring up whatever the hell I want. So let's try this again. Sorry, guys. Uh, new day with a new function or a different day with a new function. Share tab audio. We don't need the audio. Maybe I do. I don't know. Um, where are we? Window. Window. Aha. All right. All right. Can you see the blank screen? Yes. Sir. Yep. Awesome. Cool beans. All right. So uh, I'm going to put this. Yeah, we'll just do it this way. All right. So let me just shift my stuff here. All right. So, uh, all right. Um, so we've got uh, three levels, right? So the first level, right? I'm going to keep this really, really simple, right? So basics, right? Go down here a couple here. Second level, right? Intermediate, right? But um, yeah, I'll just, I'll just do that. Intermediate. Okay. And we'll go down here and put advanced. Oops. What the hell was that? Oh, you used to capitalizing the first letter. Okay, so basics we're also going to call mechanics. Okay? How do I move my body parts around? What do I do with them? That kind of thing, right? Intermediate stages we're going to call dynamics. Okay, dynamics. That's things that are in flux, things that um, combine and interact with other things. Okay, it's force applied. And then advanced, we're going to call this staging, but you could also think of it as intent. Okay. So a little extra space here between everything. Is everything still going? Is everything still up, James? I'm going to have to trust you because I can't. I can only see my screen. Yes, sir. Okay. Cool beans. All right. So under each one of these, there are three major training areas. Okay. So. The words in parentheses, right? So for basics, right, what I want to be focused on are the basics, right? I mean, the, the, the mechanical pieces, right? Where does my foot go? Where does my hand go? Where is my hand supposed to point in this kamai, right? Um, th those kind of things, okay? So we can even be looking at what angle do I step to, uh, those kind of things, right? Not talking about uh, – there is a little bit with distance, but – Again, it's not dynamic. Dynamic means that things are shifting, things are changing, right? Mechanics are pretty static, right? Stepping from Shizen to Ichimonji, stepping from uh, Ichimonji or Doko to Jumonji or Kosei or whatever, right? Um, doing line drills and throwing punches and, and those kind of things, right? So um, this is what most people are used to um, when it comes to, I would say, conventional and I'm going to use this term lightly, so I'm not, I don't want to piss off the karate people and I don't want to piss off anybody, whatever, right? But this is what most people think of when they think of karate like training, okay? That doesn't mean it's not done in certain um, families or, or uh, styles of kung fu 
or anything, right? So just chill your jets. Go ahead. All right. So, um, but these things are really, really important when it comes to being able to do the kata. But here's the thing. This is a huge but, not B-U-T-T, just a however, okay? If I'm learning a kata step by step, right, I'm learning the mechanics of it, how the pieces to go to go together, then I'm in the basic mechanical stages of learning that kata, right? Some of you guys might have uh, been in on some of the training we've done uh, either through uh, Kuden or through Whiteboard Wednesday or whatever, where I, I uh, cover that or I use that uh, ancient um, training model, Shuhari, right? Those three stages of training. So when I get down to the advanced stage and we talk about kata again, right, um, the context is going to be different because what we're looking for is different. OK, so in this stage here, I don't see I don't care. You know, we could even be doing a uh, a kihon, right? Gata, whatever, right? Uh, a lot of people think about the kihonapo, whatever, right? All schools have kihon gata, right? Fundamental uh, techniques, fundamental examples, that kind of thing, right? Um, I, I, I use the term kionapo very loosely because I know that, again, there's different ways that people translate these things, okay? But either way, let's look at the three um, the three skill sets, mechanical pieces, tools, whatever you want to uh, call it, right, um, that we're working at uh, in the basics, okay? So here we have kamai, right, in some schools, uh, you might call them dachi, right, uh, stances, uh, kamai are postures, attitudes, uh, those kind of things, right? They are by their very nature dynamic, but they do have a static, almost stance-like aspect as well. But, uh, James, I, I, either in a Kuden or Whiteboard Wednesday, we've covered this already, right? I mean, we're... Yes. Uh, okay. All right. So I'm not going to jump into these things. I will revisit this uh, a little bit. And this goes way deeper than what I'm going to cover today, right? So come on, right? So your postures, right? How do I make it, right? How do I stand? Where do my limbs go? Where do my feet go? What's the relative uh, position of each uh, with my body? Where's my balance? Where's my weight distribution on my, my feet, legs? Uh, that kind of thing, right? So what I'm learning how to do uh, for, for beginners in our, in our school, um, come on, are considered to be positions of safety. Okay. They're positions of safety, right? So you can think of them as a position that you're launching um, punches, kicks, grabs, whatever from, right? Like a cannon, but you can also think of them as a position that um, it keeps you in the fight, but does the best at, the best you can at covering things, right? So come on, right? Obviously, right? Okay. Um, and again, these are in no particular order, right? So uh, the next one, we'll call this one striking, right? which, yes, includes kicking for the uh, worst kicking on the list, right? Kicking is striking with your feet and legs, okay? Not just with your hands, right? People like to say punching and then kicking and then whatever. You're just making it too freaking complicated, right? Go big picture and then things will be much, much clearer and then you can dive into the details, right? And then C, right? I used to just write BM, but then people were like, man, that reminds me of body or a bowel movement. Well, that's not my fault, right? So we'll just put body movement, okay? So body movement, leaping, rolling, walking, uh, all that kind of stuff, right? Break falls, that kind of thing, okay? So uh, I think on the worksheet um, that James is going to help me get set up, 
we have different things under here, like the questions uh, are, what do each of these teach you? Right. So in the, for basic mechanics, right, and, and you're going to go through these, this list three times. There's three layers here, but it's also three layers deep. Okay? So you're going to revisit mecha uh, basics, mechanics three times. Right. You're going to visit dynamics three times, that kind of thing. Right. Because it's not just this is not a binary thing. Right. This is not either on or off, black or white, whatever. Okay? Um, it, martial arts is life. So there is depth to it, right? So we're going to ask, right? What are the three primary things that Kamai teach you? Because most people think of Kamai or striking or body movement, whatever, right? As something to learn. And most people, shit, most people think of these things as necessary evils to learn so they can get to the cool stuff. Well, after, I don't know, a couple of months of training, um, I say that in jest because... I don't want to do the math at the moment. Um, I have found that this is really important stuff, right? So, uh, but what do come I teach? There's three things at this level that come I teach, right? What does striking teach? Right? There's a big primary thing that striking teaches, right? And uh, body movement. What does body movement teach? Okay. Um, again, big primary thing. Okay. So. But again, it's a foundational, a foundational thing, right? Okay. Um, any any questions about this or any any comments coming uh, about this yet, James? Uh, there was a comment come in regarding kata. Okay. Um, from Chris over on YouTube, he says, "I've used the Godai kata variations of modern attacks several times while working as a CO to protect myself and others. Most people have not learned." or experienced kata in that way, their opinions are based on, on that lack of experience. And you know what? That is, <laughs> that's just the way it works. I don't know when you signed on or if you heard me when I, I mentioned about the, the comment that came in on the video. Um, th by the way, that video has, uh, what is it now? 44, 441,000 views or something. Did you say that? James? Oh, right. Yeah. The one we're talking about, right. Uh, and there's well over a thousand comments, which means that, um, not that many people are commenting, but they keep telling YouTube to keep sending it out to people. So that's cool. Um, but this person, you know, they bolded clearly, right? You have never been in a real street fight. And my, my, and I, again, I don't get in pissing contests with people because I would rather them remain ignorant because that keeps me, uh, that causes me to, uh, maintain the advantage, right? Um, one, you can't reeducate the masses. Um, and two, most of them don't want to be reeducated. And three, if you taught everybody your secrets, then you wouldn't have an advantage. So what's that one shirt that I have, James? It says underestimate me. That'll be fun. Right. right. Yeah, I want them to see me as the old fat ball guy. So I'm cool. Right. It's all good. <laughs> um, but clearly they have never read my bio. Right. Uh, I have been a counterterrorist operative uh, during the really bad part when uh, what was then West Germany. Right. was being par uh, terrorized by Red Cell and the Badermeinhof gang and and um, uh, who else was it? Uh, uh, there was a red fact. There's another red army faction, uh, that kind of stuff, where every time a day came around where one of their people were martyred, which is what they called it. We just called it killing a terrorist. Um, they would blow something up as a celebratory kind of thing. Right. So fun days. Um, work for German Polizei, uh, Korean National Police. Uh, FBI, all kinds of folks, right? So, um, 
and, and my, if you've ever seen the movie uh, Jack Reacher with uh, Tom Cruise, which is really funny because Tom Cruise is really, really short and doesn't match the picture in the books of uh, Reacher. But anyway, um, one of my favorite lines in the first movie that came out um, was when he was having a, he was, uh, you know, the, this, this homicide detective uh, had a problem with this army cop right? Sticking his nose in his business or whatever. And he made this comment about what would you, what could you possibly know about handling killers? And like, I, I, I think I had a little outburst in the theater, right? Um, one of those yes kind of things. But um, what he said was, you know, uh, the majority of the people that I've arrested, I think he said like 80% or something like that, which sounds about right for me. 80% of the people I've ever arrested were trained killers, right? So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what it's like mixing it up on the street or you know, whatever, right? Trying to make sure that I'm I'm not getting beaten, broken, or killed by this guy who decided to jump me, and making sure that he doesn't take the many weapons weapons that are attached to my body in the process and killing me or somebody else with them. So yeah, you're right. I don't know anything about that. Okay. So anyway, uh, but you're absolutely right. It's uh, people they lack experience and they're proud of their ignorance. And there's nothing you can do about that. So um, just do what most really wise people do or parents do, right? They smile, they nod, and they pat them on the head. Um, I don't want to touch them because they might have cooties. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, I have, a, I have a, a video out somewhere where I'm teaching Musha Dori, right? And James, you know what I'm talking about, right? And uh, the number of comments on this that that kind of shit would never work on the street. And I can't tell you the number of times that I've whipped a mushadori on somebody and then done like dolgaish or something like that to flip them over to get them in the cuffs or zip ties or whatever. And my only response is, well, shit, um, I wish I would have been there then in all those times when the technique failed. Hmm, interesting. But anyway, right? You can't, again, you can't re-educate the ignorant. So anyway, so the, the, the foundational stuff, right? Again, this is the first pass through, Okay. So we move into dynamics, right, in, in our curriculum, right? What we're looking at is something called senundo, right? Sen in Japanese um, points to something that is a line or linear. Undo is a exercise or a drill or like a repetitious practice, a repetition practice kind of thing, right? So senundo, linear repetition, drill, give or take, right? Um, loosely translated, right? Oops, put a little in there and then we'll jump over here and then we have something which is its opposite called en undo it's not really an opposite because again you're going to revisit this thing multiple times and what you'll find in, in the japanese language is that opposites are often really really close and very very often um, you drop the s sound so sen is linear or a line and n is a circle or something that's circular right just like sage is dropping or downward and age is lifting or upward right so uh we have um, uh, sword cuts and and uh staff strikes and things like that that are kirisage kiriage that kind of thing right so uh, i'll go back through these things in just a minute and see right here just because most people understand this reference that tend to watch at least at this point right uh, i'm going to write kionapo but most of you know my feelings about that because it's a bad translation, right? Um, actually, you know what? Sorry. Kion Gata. 
right? Because most schools have this uh, fundamental kind of thing, right? So again, right? I, I know I didn't cover the things in the in the basics thing, but I'm going to cover something down here, okay? So um, what do the Senundo drill, right? Which uh, for people in our module two uh, curriculum, it's like doing uh, Sagan or Ichimonji or Doko or Bobi or one of these, you know, profiled defensive kamae, um, just again and again, and you're doing uh, naname, right? This um, uh, this strategic angling, right? So I might step back to my right rear, right? Naname, right? So not straight back, but right and rear um, with my right leg, left arm forward, uh, defending against the incoming right punch, and then he throws a left punch. So I'm going to step back with, with my left leg back into my left. So most people... Um, you know, call it the zigzag drill or whatever, but that's only an example of Senundo. So in mod two, we just let people do this thing. When I say I want to see Senundo, they know what we're doing. I say I want to see it on the inside of the fight, right? So you're going to be always lined up with their sternum, their nose, that kind of thing, or I want to see it to the outside of the fight. Um, so you're going to be, you know, pointing over a, a an upper arm, side of the head, that kind of thing, right? Um, but there's this. So what this is, is a is a a way to practice moving from Kamai to Kamai. OK, see where it is up there in the top basics. Right. OK. Dynamics are blending your basics. Where adjustment and timing and ad adaptation to the situation um, is what's being drilled. And again, it's a drill. Right. So what I'm practicing is to be able to go from Kamai to Kamai. Say a right one a right. Moving from Kamai to Kamai requires body movement, right? Stepping, so that's mixing A and C together, right? Moving from Kamai to Kamai without losing the benefits of Kamai, which I didn't cover. Sorry, um, I'm, I'm going to fly through this thing, okay? So what I'm drilling is the ability to go that way. Now, in Mod 2, we cover it that way. In Mod 1, um, we don't do the zigzag drill. I just give people uh, three or four Kamai. I'll demonstrate something where I go from maybe uh, Ichimonji to Jumonji to Hira, whatever, right? They'll start in Shizen, right? So we cover the four basic ones, and it's against multiple punches or kicks or grabs, right? So they're practicing to see how these things would go and what they're really looking for as far as alignment with the incoming person. Are they going to memorize that and do that on the street? No, right? They're learning coordination. They're learning how to move their body while maintaining balance, cover, um, you know, uh, and freedom of movement, right? So that's that's the point of that drill, right? To be able to mix, uh, and then if we add counter strikes, right? Uh, and we don't have to do the whole we don't have to do the whole kata. So if we do if we add uke nagash to the senundo, now we've combined a, b, and c on the move against multiple punches, grabs, kicks, or whatever. Um, angles can change, right? We can be moving all over the dojo, right? Um, but it's typically at a controlled speed, so somebody can. What they, what part of this is, is to learn to mix those three, th three things together and to bump up your skill proficiency. But the other thing that the the dynamics uh, do is show you where there's a problem in one A, one B, or one C. Okay, so. You know, and again, the rabbit hole goes goes way deeper. Anyway, let's keep going. So B, Enundo, this circular repetition exercise, it's not really, well, you kind of do move in a circle, right, the way we do it. But 
what we're doing is we're practicing defense to offense transition because we need to get rid of the robotic step one, step two kind of thing that people do um, and also find holes in our movement balance or whatever if we tend to just rush things together, right? What we're looking for is a sense of timing, right? So think uh, the Sanshin or think Suinokata or something like that, right? Um, where you're shifting back, uh, doing Ukinagash and then coming back in with that knife hand, right? Um, basic Senun, a basic Enundo drill that we have is just going back, doing that little receiving arm kind of thing. It's more, when we do it as a drill, it's more of a Tagagi Yoshin Shinden Fudo kind of receiving arm. Um, but there's still control there. And then you're stepping back in with a straight punch. So he throws a straight punch. I drop back, catch this thing. And so I want to move more like an ocean wave, right? Where I'm moving back into Kamai and there's, there's a certain point where my muscles get stretched like I'm stretching a rubber band and where people tend to get hung up is they step back and they stop and then they move, then they start again to go back in, right? We want to lose the stop start. There's two pieces to the movement, retreating and uh, counterattacking, right? But we need to make one flow. So this is about flow, okay? So it's defense to offense transition on the initial defender side, but on the initial attacker side, the guy who initiated it or the girl who initiated it, it's um, uh, offense to defense transition. Because if I throw a punch and I miss or it only glances or he rides it off or whatever reason, I know this, this didn't have the effect it needed. I need to be able to bail. I need to be able to duck his punch next, right? So what we're doing is we're we're drilling in in uh, Senundo A, right? Two A, we're drilling the ability to avoid multiple punches without breaking kamai. We can transition from and use multiple kamai, but we're able to move freely and maintain guard, okay, and keep our limbs in the fight as close to the models as possible. In 2B, in Enundo, what I'm doing is drilling the critical piece of being able to flow from defense to offense and from offense to defense, so I'm not doing this start-stop, herky-jerky kind of thing, no matter how fast I go, okay? You're either doing it or you're not doing it. Flow either exists or it doesn't. Going really, really fast to cover it up doesn't change anything. It actually can cause a problem where you trip yourself up, okay? So... To be Enundo, right, is still mixing Kamai, striking, and body movement. It's just the purpose of the drill and the piece of the chaos that I'm working with is different. Okay. And the goal, if I'm if I'm working the process, the goal is to end up sparring or fighting, looking as close to the way I learn things as possible. Okay? Because if you do kata one way and you do self-defense another way and you do sparring a completely different way, then you can't get around the fact that you've done three different training methods, but only one of them is simulating a fight. Okay. So either way, I mean, you know, there's still stuff to learn from the other ones, but either way, right? And then 2C very quickly, right? Kion Gata. 
I see Kuhl and Gatha from the perspective of, well, well, be, beginners like to look at it as, okay, finally, I got techniques, right? Okay, so he's going to throw something. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to come back and hit him. Yeah, okay. Except that the Kionapo, the Kiongata in any given lineage, right, are, yes, it's a little scenario, but I don't put this in the same realm as, like, the full-on kata, like Seon or Tangeki or whatever, okay? The reason that this is in is it dynamics, right, is because the student is learning energy conservation. It's the rule, it's the singular rule of survival, okay? The army with the most amount of resources at the end of the skirmish, the battle, or the war is the winner. And the one who runs out first hoists the white flag. Or, like the Spartans, they die to the last man. Okay? So what we're looking at here is how do I do these movements, right? Move to Kamai, evade, all that kind of stuff. I'm doing the same stuff from Senundo, Enundo, all the same stuff from the basic level up there, 1A, B, and C, right? But how do I do them with the least amount of effort and energy, but without slipping over the line and ending up having dead energy where it's not enough, right? I want to have enough to do the movements, right? So I'm conserving energy just in case I need to go on. But if I do too much, right, now I get in my own way and I'm cooking off more energy than I need to cook off to accomplish the task. If I do too little, now I can't, my body won't support the incoming force and pressure, right? And the way I see a lot of people do kamai, limp-wristed, all that kind of stuff, right? It's, that's dead energy, okay? It's not enough, right? We spend a lot of time telling stiff people to relax, but we don't spend nearly enough time telling people that are all just freaking gumby and wishy-washy, right? You need to firm up a little bit more. And there is a happy medium. Okay? The muscles need to be activated and hovering, but if we relax them too much, we need to gear up to get into motion. It's like starting your car from a stop sign. Okay? It's the reason that people do quote unquote California stops. Okay? So, but if you can see what, what each of these stages does, is it takes a piece of the chaos that is a fight and looks at getting really good at that thing right? Striking is about limb extension and retraction, right? But it's also about where, what, what is the extension of the limb when it makes contact with the target? So it has sufficient bite to shut his body down because that's the goal to shut a human body down as quickly and as effectively and efficiently as possible, right? So if I have too much follow through on a strike, like the way most people train and practice with ski, which is fine, right? Um, that's great, but there's no impact, right? Impact breaks things and causes bone jarring or bone breaking impact. And then follow through moves them, right? There are certain times when I need one or the other, but our training at its core combines both, okay? So body movement, again, you know, walking, rolling, all that kind of stuff, right? Just being comfortable and being able to adapt to whatever the situation is, be able to move around. The intermediate levels is combining these things in a way where I can focus on very specific tasks, right? In a fight, in chaos, 
right? When shit's flying around, do I or do I not have to be able to avoid that which is coming in whatever way he throws it, right? Yes, right? He can do whatever he wants. What we do is we start with a model, right? Get good at this, and then next pass through, we're going to loosen things up. Next pass through, everything's very, very loose, right? So in the beginning, you know what he's throwing because you and him are doing the exact same thing, right? Because you're just trying to shore down, shore up your basics, okay? Um, same thing with Enundo, right? Enundo is about flow and continuous movement. Senundo is about being able to transition from position to position without losing the damn benefit of Kumai, right? And then Kionagata, Kionapo, is about energy conservation, right? Can I do the movements without straining and without losing it, with the least amount of effort necessary, okay? People just, like, throw around the words like relax and, right, um, just relaxed energy, relaxed energy, soft training, right? What the hell does that mean, okay? Because tell most people soft training and either they're going to do too little or they're going to quit because they don't believe that soft is going to win against a murderous killer or a murderous attacker. Anyway, all right, let's jump down here to uh, advanced, right? So staging and intent, right? Okay, this, I'm going to add another word in here. This is where kata belongs. Oops, I'm going to lose my... Kata, okay? Kata. In any of the lineages, again, Tangeki, Kyogi, um, pick something, right? Uh, Saka Otoshi, whatever, okay? So uh, I'm, I'm going to lay out three types of kata. Again, breaking these things down and making it super simple, you know, 30,000 foot view of the, of the, of the terrain, uh, whatever, okay? So we have kata versus strikes or cuts, right? Remember, weapons are involved as well, okay? We have kata, uh, let's see, versus uh, grabbing attacks. And we have kata versus combination, right? We have kata to have both striking and grabbing. Strikes transition to grabs. Grabs, you know, while you're busy locking in to do something, you hit them, right, to soften them up and then continue on. But here's the thing, right? You could run around doing the kata collector thing all the time. But one, here's two questions. One, what do kata themselves teach as a concept? Kata as a concept. What does it teach? If we're talking about at the advanced stages, because kata are built from all the stuff in one, A, B, and C, right? You're going to do them the first time you go through the kata to learn them. You're going to do them like they're mechanics, right? You're going to do them step by step so you can figure them out. And then you're going to need to work through the intermediate dynamics to figure out what's the best time. When is the best time for this counter-strike to land on his arm, when's the best time for me to move? What's the best angle based on the line of the attack? Those kind of things, right? Um, if we're brave enough to get away from always training against our 
classical attacks or whatever. And we introduced jabs, right crosses, uppercuts, back fists, uh, white crane kung fu, lateral strikes, whatever, right? Um, we're going to have to really get good at this kind of thing, right? Um, what's the timing, right? Or what, what, how does this person come in, right? I need to look at range. I need to look at all kinds of things, right? So that I can move to avoid, right? Senundo. So that I can take advantage of openings, right? So I've avoided and now there's an opening right in front of me. Can I freely get back in there to access that thing? That's Enundo, right? And am I conserving energy recognizing, right? That's C, Kionongata, right? Am I conserving energy with things? So everything has bite, everything has knockdown power, but I'm not killing myself to do it. So just in case after I put this guy down, I don't have, I don't have three of his stool monkeys jumping me because, right? Because now they can. And I'm half-winded and can't continue, right? So, again, they're all bits and pieces of the fight, right? So when we think about this concept of making sense of the chaos, what does kata itself as a concept teach? Because if you look across all the kata, if you're in the Bujinkan, um, look across the kata of, of all the lineages, you will see that Give her, you know, just you can shift the kamai form a little bit because every lineage's kamai was were designed to effectively um, uh, set up right what the lineage does right to to handle things right. So kotoryu kamai were designed because of kotoryu's tactics right to use angular evasion linear alignment to be able to take somebody down with one finger, right? So most of these damn things are bladed, right? Not all, but most, right? Um, Gyokoryu was about orbiting and going around uh, fixed points in the fight and, and circling behind the attacker and stuff like that, right? So they're set up for that kind of thing, right? Is that a given? No, because Koto and Gyoko are complementary uh, lineages. And so, um, they often the t those things I just laid out will switch places as you move up the up the scrolls, right? Anyway, so question one: What does kata itself teach as a concept? And two: What does any given kata teach? Anyway, I, I'm, I, now I can't remember if I said it or not. Right in the Bujinkan, seventy percent of the kata all start the same way. Kamai notwithstanding, 70% of the kata start by doing uh, uke nagash with some kind of naname. It could be straight back, could be, uh, you know, back into the right, could be back into the left, whatever, right? But they typically start the same way, right? So what gives, right? Okay. So, uh, James, any any takers, any I know you know the answer to this, but no, I don't see anything yet. Yeah, well, maybe somebody will toss something in. So, uh, but for the sake of time, I'm going to keep on keeping on, right? So, kata as a concept teach um, potential, teach uh, their examples of how to lead a fight to a given outcome. I said 70% of the katas start the same way, but they don't all end the same way because 
there's an different, they're all different endpoints. How do I take this person down? Right. What if he's coming at me a certain way? So here are some ways, right? Here are some of your tools that can be used to catch him, send him on his way, lock him down, whatever. Right. What if I need him on the ground in a specific position in a specific space in time? Right. Like, um, I'm sorry, who who sent the message in that was the corrections officer? Who was that? Uh, his name's Chris. He's over on YouTube. Chris. Yeah, there you go, Chris. Okay, so yeah, Chris working in a small cell, uh, whatever, right? Uh, be, who knows, wrestling with somebody in a freaking, uh, I don't know if you guys have open latrines or uh, uh, lavatories or if they have the stalls or whatever, right? But I'm thinking tight areas, right? Could be in a doorway, anything like that, right? Um, it's, it's in my best interest to move this guy on an angle where he can't catch himself on the on the door frame or the, against you know the wall or whatever, right? If I can lead him straight down. If you're not Chris as a corrections officer and you're in a parking lot, right? Same thing. You got cars flanking you left and right, or a car flanking you left and right, right? So if I just just ad hoc throw a gonseki in there, what's to stop this guy from sticking out his the free hand um, and catching the other car and jamming up my technique and then, you know, slipping out and, and doing something from there. So I have to be able to move him right in certain areas. So Kata as a, as a global concept is teaching here are logical flows, right? Logical ways to string your basics together, right? From initial start point to a given ending, Right. This is a potential, a possible ending. Right. It's a snapshot in time. It's a possibility. OK. Um, and then each of the kata teach you how you might do that. Right. But it's about potentials. Right. It's about possibility. Right. Where could I take this? Where does this kata show me? My wife just got home. I'm going to close my office door now that the dog doesn't need me. All right. So, um, again, if we think about these things and the whole list, right, the whole list as different ways to train with sometimes small bits and pieces, postures, a given strike, the way the fist is made, whatever, right? Um, different walking methods, rolling, whatever, right? Um, if I think of all of these things as ways to make sense of the chaos, because when the shit hits the fan and it's nothing but assholes and tin cups, as my grandfather used to say, right? Um, you're going to need an intuitive sense of where you need to be. Right. So all of our frameworks are like this, whether we're talking about the the uh, the five D's right of effective uh, situational control or the eight phases of strategic uh, self-defense and training. Right. And being able to make sure that you're not just doing what is our phase six, which is just physical fighting. Right. You can do de-escalation. You can do escape to safety. You can uh, you know, your situational awareness um, is more than just I'm just like paying attention dude, to what. Right. What does that guy's clothing right there tell you about him as a person, 
as uh, a, a, where he might be hiding p- uh, potential weapons if he has them, whatever, right? What does his gait tell you, right? What is the way he looks around? What The guy that's sitting there having lunch, does he serve time or not, right? Which people, when you're looking around at different people, which ones, right? I don't care if they're overweight, underweight, whatever. Which ones look like they could take care of themselves, even, whether they're trained or not, doesn't matter. And which ones look like they're trying to make a facade so nobody comes at them because they'll shit their pants if they do. Right. This is being a martial artist or let's let's change the terminology. Right. Being a conflict resolution expert and or a um, uh, a combatives uh, expert. Right. A combatives operative. Right. Requires more than just doing some stuff. Right. So that small group that I was talking about, right, looks at these things very differently. They don't get involved in pissing contests about whether kata will work in a fight or kata won't work in a fight, right? That's how, there's a quote floating around the Internet, right, as a meme. Uh, there's some folks that like to, you know, cut out some of stuff up and, and, and put up quotes and all that because people like to read them and, and quote them and cite them and, re, and recite them and whatever, right? Um, very few do anything with the training because, you know, it strokes ego, right? Right. I can quote something from Azumi Sensei. Well, fucking fantastic, right? I can say Toyota too, so what, right? Um, but the the quote is, right? Well, I, I'm not going to give you a quote because it's going to be off the top of my head, right? I'll have this thing right in front of me. But the, 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 the gist of it is that kata is not, it's not the point of the training, it only indicates a place uh, where you need to start. Okay. Let me stop sharing my screen here. Get back to real life. Uh, let's see. Hey, look, I'm back. James, you're still frozen. So <laughs> anyway, all right. So, uh, you know what? I, I do have some notes that I did bring up because I wanted to share a couple of things that I've heard over and over again in the dojo that point to these things, right? So, just addressing the the kata don't work for real fights argument, uh, my response is, duh, they're not supposed to. Okay, that's not the point, right? They're not the lesson. Okay, you learn them so you can extrapolate, so you can extract the lessons that they're carrying. Um, James, how many times have I made the the, the point that uh, kata are like uh, delivery vans bringing whatever you bought to your house? Right. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know how many of you have a house that's designed like this, but generally speaking, when the van pulls up, it doesn't drive into your house and park in the living room or the bathroom or the bedroom or whatever and, and whatever, right? Its job is to get the stuff that you need to the castle. Your job is to get the stuff arranged the way it will serve you the best, right? So... um uh, second part here, we'll, we'll, we'll do some questions, but um, after I cover a couple of these statements, there are three ways to use kata for self-defense. Okay. And uh, some of them is just going to be a recap of what I did, but what, what I, what I need everybody to get is this, this idea that uh, they're, they're a place to start. Okay. But here's some phrases that I was introduced to, right? The kata is not the fight. Okay. Any more than the dojo is the environment where the attack will take place. Way too many people, 
uh, I think just like Chris was talking about with, with people don't take their training far enough, right? Um, they always train in a, in a fairly sanitized area. And I don't mean it's uber clean. What I mean is in a dojo, there's usually not a lot of shit out in the, on the training floor, right? There's nothing for you to trip over. There's, you know, everything's out of the way, whatever. I've, I've been in Japan where there've been like <laughs> way too many people to be safely in that building. And like we're crammed up against each other. And the point being made was, you know, this is another way to train, right? You're not going to be able to step back into full Kamai or whatever. You're going to have to be able to work with the space that you have. And I remember um, I, I had a, a, it lasted a couple of seconds and it wasn't even a verbal altercation, but um, I did have to remind somebody who had one of those stonewashed belts, you know what I'm talking about, right? Was we'll beat the shit out of it. So it looks like I'm a master. Um training with his, his uh, student and they were up against the wall and me and my partner were right next to him. And, and we're just, get, everybody's just getting jostled and stuff. Right. And he kept shouldering people to move them to create space. So he and the partner could train. Right. And he looks at me and he goes, um, you guys need to make some space. And I said, where am I going to shit space? Okay. Why do you think you get anything more than anybody else has? Okay. This is, this is the lesson, dude. And of course, he didn't talk to me for the rest of the time. But that's okay. I, I make enemies as fast as I make friends. Anyway, right? So um, even when people go out in the yard, okay, if that's all they have, right, or a field, okay, okay. So now you're on grass instead of a, a, a you know a, a flat floor, right? Um, but if you've moved around to try to find the place with no roots sticking out of the ground, uh, as few divots as you could, you know, encounter, no little, you know, little mounds or whatever that people might trip over. If it's nice and if it's nice, right, then there's a problem because chances are that's not going to be the conditions. Okay. I have trained in Canada in the wintertime in um, ass cheek high snow. And we were literally making tracks with our pants and boots and all that kind of stuff, right? Because we had to move around and things like that. I have trained in swimming pools, okay? Um, learning to do an Ichimonji and learning that just because you moved your body and you're used to moving to a set position, water is a different medium. You move, you displace water, the water fills in where your body was and pushes on your body. So if you're not adaptive, it's going to knock you over. Your own body movement will knock you over. Okay. How do you do Taijutsu underwater? Okay. That was part of the early parts of my training. Okay. So anyway, um, the drills, right? The drills are not any given drill, Senundo, Enundo, whatever, right? Are not self-defense techniques, but they have everything to do with self-defense. Right. That took some time to get my head wrapped around. Right. Just because we call something a technique or whatever doesn't mean that it's a fight scenario. What part of the fight, what part of the chaos are we trying to make sense of? Are we trying to prepare for? Okay. We should just do Kumite like everybody else does. Okay. Yeah. And then we'll just knock out a couple hundred thousand bile cells every time we train with our partners and then we're just, you know, functioning idiots in a couple of years. Or as my chiropractor likes to say, I really like those MMA guys. You don't do that stuff, right? I really like them. When that school set up in town, man, my client base went way up. Awesome. 
I'm happy for you. Right. Um, another phrase, you will fight as you train. Chaotically or intelligently. Right. Forms, kata and waza give you a way to make sense out of the chaos. I've been saying that the whole time. Right. Um, kata are not the point of the training. They're merely, they're, again, they merely point to where you need to start. Uh, we need to learn from both the kata method and the waza method. Uh, that's intuitive sparring and all that kind of stuff. I've covered that in different uh, different points, right? So anyway, um, let's see if there are any questions or whatever, and then I will uh, finish up with the kind of the part two here with the three um, uh, three uh, ways to use kata for self defense. I think that's what I have here. Yeah, three three ways to use it for self defense. Okay, so James, are you are you there? Hello. Hello, 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 hello. <laughs> uh, no questions. Chris just said tactics and strategies and solutions to a problem. And many times the walls and toilets were utilized as a second helper. Yeah, they can be used by both of you, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I was talking about him not sticking his hand out to catch himself, but there's nothing quite like doing a ganseki or a mushadori or whatever and slamming him into a wall. Um, that works really well too, or letting him slide down a car door and catching himself on the uh, on the the, uh, the door handle and cool stuff like that. Uh, I got a picture circulating somewhere. I think it was from a knife program that I taught, where I had one of my guys. Um, I was getting out of the car, and this is actually on video. And then we just have a still picture of it. And um, summertime, so my window was down, and he came at me and stabbed through the open window, right? And then the arm bar and subsequent broken arm. Um, well, training-wise, right? Um, we're done with the door jam, right, from from the window and whatnot. So, um, yeah, nothing like using environmental aids on hand. James, you've been in classes where people have been training, and I just, like, start dragging heavy bags and stuff out onto the floor and chairs and whatnot and creating obstacles, right? Yep. Yep. People start laughing, but I, I'm pretty sure it's more of a nervous laugh than anything else. So... <laughs> anyway, okay, so very quickly, let's look at these three ways. Uh, again, are there more? Of course, I have a list somewhere of um, well over a dozen different ways uh, to train with the same kata, but with an eye on different things. Could be timing, could be whatever, right? So uh, uh, we'll look at these three uh, three uses, right? Okay, so the first thing that I always tell students is that um, – Kata are they're, they're, uh, expert role models. Okay, we want to be an expert, right? Um, so here's how an expert would do this. Okay? I think I made a point in a recent Whiteboard Wednesday um, where I said, you know, we're studying things that were developed by people that literally studied warfare, right? Their family line, right? studied warfare i think i said over a thousand years um because you know when people look at things they go oh, our martial arts has been around for over 900 years well you're talking to god of you okay um, and these other ones right but the stuff that fed that that came out of china and whatnot we're going back well over 2,000 years okay so and and if we go silk road back into india where a lot of this stuff came from as well um yeah no all bets are off right so um but it's an expert role model. So the point is, if you want to be an expert, then here's this model. Here's this place to start 
looking at how an expert would do this, right? Not a martial arts expert, not a self-defense expert, right? A warrior, right? Somebody who is adept at killing and not being killed on a battlefield. I don't care if that battlefield is cell block D. I don't care if it's a back alley. I don't care if it's a backseat of your freaking car. I don't care if it's in your living room. I don't care. Okay. So, but the idea is it's used in the beginning of the path, right? And what we're looking at is how movement skills and mechanics fit together, right? How do these tools go together? Because everybody talks about going with the flow and, and all this kind of stuff, right? Hatsumi Sensei uh, has always used this phrase, freedom movement, uh, free movement and freedom of movement and things like that, right? Um, but how do you do that, right? Have you trained with the pieces um, so that you're, to borrow a language study term, so that you're fluent with the language? The language just happens to be body, right? You're learning um uh, you're learning sign language, but it's not just with your hands, right? So the second uh, use for uh, kata for self-defense is to learn the strategic thinking passed down by the masters, right? One of the things we have to remember is that these people didn't just pass down moves. They passed down lessons like how to assess a situation, how to look at a situation, right? Um, how to strategically, as Chris said, strategically and tactically control the bubble, right? Your techniques, the physical moves are the end point, right? The strategy is what's your end game? If your end game is just don't die and go home, okay, great. You can do pretty much anything, right? But if my end game is I got to get somebody down face first, chest first, whatever, so I can get them into zip ties or, a, or handcuffs, I have a different job, right? And and my considerations are different, right? Tactics are things that I do to make it easier to apply the techniques I'm going to be applying. And the techniques are the things I do with my body to his body, right? Mushadori is a technique. How I enter for Mushadori and where I'm taking him when I drop him, because I can bring him backwards and lay him out, turn that into an arm bar and get him over um, for a restraint, uh, an arrest uh, technique or a restraint to pin him down to the cops show up or whatever. Right. I can uh, bring him into that position and then break his leg out from under him to drop him like a stone. Or I can turn into that position, shift my body suddenly and break his arm in place with him still standing there. What do I need? For the guy who's just trying to survive and go home, doesn't matter. Okay, but are there multiple attackers? If so, where are they? Do I need to move from this position? Do I need to break him so I can use uh, his, you know, his body as a shield? Um, do I break him in a way that causes him to pass out and drop like a stone in front of the, his friends that are rushing at me, and now he's a trip hazard? Right? How, what do I do? Right? That's not answered by the kata. The kata is showing potential, right? There is such a thing as beyond kata, right? In the Heart Sutra, in our Miko training, right, there's this mantra at the end, gone, gone, gone beyond, gone beyond enlightenment. Okay? In that case, it's talking about enlightenment. We could replace that with mastery, expertise, proficiency, whatever, right? Gone, gone, gone beyond, gone beyond the kata, right? 
kata is the place to start, right? And then the third way to use uh, kata for self-defense is because by using a preset form, a preset example that doesn't change, it allows us to recreate mistakes consistently so we can fix them faster. If we just jump in and do whatever, we're just throwing gas on top of chaos, and then we have to hope that we're clear in the moment when we normally make a given mistake and we want to try the new thing and we, it just it allows us to recreate a mistake consistently until we fix it. And then we can continue to practice it with the repair until that becomes the new movement. Okay? It's not about the kata being used in a fight. The kata is never going to be the fight. The dojo is never the environment where the fight takes place. Okay? Their expedients, their tools. Okay? I once learned in, in, uh, when I was learning Spanish in school, right? Mi lapis es amarillo. Right? My pencil is yellow. When the hell am I ever going to need to use mi lapis es amarillo? Well, I guess if there's a random thing where somebody, you know, my, my grandson is learning or whatever, and he wants to know what color my pencil is and, I, and whatever, I, I don't know. But it was a model. It was a place to start with a format of a properly structured sentence in simplistic form in Spanish. And then I can build on that. Right. If I can say my pencil is yellow, I can say my shirt is white. I just do substitution, noun, adjective, right? I can do my hair is brown. I can do my, what at my beard is gray. I can, it's a, right? But as Chris said really well earlier, most people don't take their training far enough. But I actually believe that most people don't take their training far enough because they don't see a need to. Because I truly believe that most people don't ever believe they're going to be attacked. Which, by the way, is the same belief that 99.9% .9 of victims have or had all the way up to the second before it happened. It's the only thing they have in common. Okay, so let's not be them. Anyway, questions, comments, complaints? I'm okay with complaints. Broad shoulders. Anyway. Nothing else yet. Nothing else yet. All right, well, James, how about if you do some admin um, announcements? And uh, we'll see if any more come in. So we have... Spring camp coming up uh, next weekend, not this weekend, but the following weekend, 19th through the 21st. If you can't make it in in person, the virtual option is still available. And we have our 10-week online course, 37 Fundamentals on the Path to Enlightenment starts Thursday. Thursday night and still room in that course. And we just 
released a payment plan option for that as well. So if that might have been holding you back from jumping in that course, that's available. You can find both of those at onlineninjaacademy.com slash events, and you can find more information and register for either or or both courses there. Awesome. Awesome. And I found the need to uh, change the dates for the Japan trip, so um, I'll get that out. I was going to have a meeting this Wednesday. I have to reschedule that. There's just been too much going on, so uh, we'll get that on the schedule for next week. Uh, I didn't get a chance to promote it nearly enough, so we're doing a, a Japan trip in the fall as long as everything works out here. Um, so, well, I'm going to go. Hopefully other people want to go. So anyway, um, that's it. Uh, anything come in now? No. No? Awesome. No, sir. All right. Well, in that case, anything else that you have, James? No. Okay. Not that I can think of. All right. Well, I don't want these things to wind down like, okay, well, what do you have? Uh, anyway. <laughs> All right. So uh, don't forget that we have Whiteboard Wednesday coming up this Wednesday, 3 o'clock. Um, so tomorrow I'll be uh, letting everybody know what the topic is for that one. And uh, we'll just keep on keeping on, right? So I will talk to everybody again next week on Kuden. Get more of Kuden Radio. Subscribe through your favorite podcasting site or join our clan of serious modern warriors at OnlineNinjaAcademy.com.